you're just in a better overall mood. You're, it puts you in a happier state because uh, you say, look at me, you know, I'm doing all of these things that I couldn't do. And now I'm, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying life a lot more. Welcome to You Cured What? The podcast of reversing the irreversible. This is where you hear how real people are healing from conditions that most people think they're stuck with for life. I'm your host, Joe Kalb. If I had to give you some medical advice, I'd go to medical school and get a medical degree. Seriously, nothing in this podcast is medical advice, nor is it intended to substitute as such. Now, enjoy the You Cured What? conversation. Today's guest lived for decades with high blood pressure, and he also used to suffer from sleep apnea and gastroesophageal reflux disease. He's had such a remarkable health transformation that he now helps coach others to better health. Vic Basmajian, welcome to the You Cured What podcast. Vic, can you give the listeners a bit of your health background? Yes. Uh, thank you, Joe. Thank you for the invite. It's my uh, definitely a pleasure to be here and uh, hope I can enlighten the people a little bit. And uh, it's really an honor and uh, appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to reach out. Uh, so if I go back to the beginning of uh, my younger years as a, as a child, I, I, I battled obesity uh, throughout my whole life going back uh, as a child, uh, started uh, seven years old, eight years old, starting as far as back as then, you know, always uh, just on the up, upswing every year, getting heavier and heavier and heavier. Uh, there was no lack of uh, quantities of food in the house. It was always... Uh, I come from an Armenian cultural background and, uh, you know, we love to eat in our culture and, uh, mom always keeps filling up the plate. You say stop and she keeps filling up the plate. So <laughs> <laughs> this was, uh, you know, this was, uh, the way it was. And, uh, you know, so just was very heavy set from a young age. So obviously at, in those years, there was no metabolic issues. It was just a kid getting, you know, heavier and heavier and heavier. And, uh, throughout high school and throughout, throughout teenage years and probably started yo-yoing in the teenage years, going up and down, trying to do something about it. And, uh, sure enough, all the, the diets that we know have come today, we know why those diets weren't working, you know, the, the low fat diets, and uh, constantly being hungry and, uh, uh, they just didn't work. And, uh. It was a yo-yo ride, losing 20, 30 pounds, gaining 20, 30 pounds, and a constant struggle and a constant battle, and ultimately always giving in and going back to, you know, the not-so-healthy foods and lifestyle. Uh, so um, how, you know, what were you doing as your, your weight, you know, as a young man was uh, yo-yoing back and forth? What were you trying that was like, enabling you to lose weight for a while, but then you said you would put it back on. What, what were you trying in those times? Uh, I could remember on a pretty early stage uh, for those listeners that can 
relate to a diet that was quite popular. I'm talking now probably uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. It was the Scarsdale medical diet, uh, which was a two-week diet of uh, pretty much a high-protein and ultra-low-fat diet. Um, it was a it was a diet I believe that was commonly used in the hospitals, able to prepare people to lose weight uh, in a pretty fast time, so that eat it before doing surgeries and what have you. It worked. It was effective. I mean, it was effective in the way that it was a two week on, two week off, and it was quite a rapid drop. Um, but you were just constantly hungry. It was like. You were just saying, oh, God, when does this two weeks end so <laughs> I can get back to eating some something, you know. And, uh, so uh, this went on back and forth. Uh, after that, I did the Weight Watchers uh, quite a few times. Uh, Weight Watchers, same thing, you know, uh, making bad choices. All You know, this is where we get back to the SECO, calories in, calories out, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's just points uh, that are disguised in a in a in a calorie system, and so you just make the bad choice. You don't learn how to eat. You don't learn how to eat the proper food. So I say, let me use up all my points and still eat carbs. You can eat thirty points worth of carbs, right? So guess what? You eat your thirty points worth of carbs or thirty points worth of any any bad choices, and again, you're constantly hungry, and ultimately it fails. And uh, adding to that, uh, all the other fad uh, cookie diets and the soup diets and, uh, you know, the, the list goes on and on. But primarily it was uh, Weight Watchers uh, failed attempts quite often. Okay. So it's not like, uh, not like you weren't trying things. You, weren't, you were making attempts to, uh, to better your health and better your body composition. But... You weren't finding any anything that you were trying sustainable, it sounds like. No, uh, absolutely. I mean, the, the losing part of it was not the problem. The problem was keeping it from coming back on. Uh, <laughs> just was not sustainable. It was uh, actually, I'd, I'd, in most of the times, I'd, I'd come back with a vengeance and just get heavier because uh, you're so deprived and you can't eat this and you can't eat that. And, so you just come back and put it all back on and then some. So how, how heavy did you get during this time? I don't know how, um, how tall you are, or, um, but yeah, I'm, what was your body composition like? I'm uh, six foot one. Uh, my, my maximum that I had attained was uh, I got to the 295. 295 pounds is the, the heaviest I've been throughout. Uh, I, I was I was able to avoid getting to the 300s. So, <laughs> uh, I guess that was always the warning signal. Oh boy, I'm at 280, 290, 295. So time to do something about it. And uh, yeah, 295 was the heaviest. Okay, okay. And um, you know, you mentioned that your your struggle with weight started. Um, when you were younger, and I understand that um, over time, it became more than just a weight issue. You also started developing some other health conditions that, um, you know, kind of went along with it. Uh, Absolutely. Can you go into some of those? Sure. Um, 
the earliest uh i mean i can tell you that as early as uh 25 uh that's when the high blood pressure became an issue and, and how old uh, are you now i'm 57 57 now okay yeah yeah started um uh started my journey when i was 55 well i'll be 58 in september so uh it's been two and a half years now i started my journey when i was 55 so yeah 30 years of high blood pressure medication and uh, uh i can tell you that on a good day uh my blood pressure even though i was taking i was supposedly controlled and taking medication on a good day, my blood pressure was still, you know, in the high 130s, 140s over, uh, over the 90. I was still always at the borderline uh, hypertension level, even by taking medications. And, uh, you know, throughout the years when I, when I, when I dropped a little bit, it would, it would get a little bit better, but really not by much. And uh, for those... Uh, listening, if you're not familiar, am I correct in thinking that 120 over 80 is kind of a, uh, that's sort of what you shoot for? You want uh, both your, you want to be underneath 120 over 80 typically? Correct, correct, correct. That's, I mean, the, the, the basic norm seems to be what what we like to see is a 120 over 80 and, you know, uh, not you know that that's that that's the, the accepted I guess numbers that 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 we like to, to generally like to see uh, yeah. you know slightly over is acceptable uh, you know under is even better I guess uh, yeah. but uh, okay so um, when you said that started for you high blood pressure. Uh, medication started for you um, about three decades ago. You were 25 years old. Um, did your medical providers give you any indication that they understood why your blood pressure was high or um, or any options for what you could do to, um, to combat this high blood pressure? Well, for... Uh... It was the same uh, same diagnosis for thirty years. I had the same uh, same uh, uh, same family doctor for for thirty years, and the only piece of advice I always got was within a within a one minute visit. I guess that's the time they would give us, or a couple of minutes at best. Uh, eat less, move more, and watch your salt, and. Uh, this is about the extent and there was never, you know, uh, are you, you know, you know, cut down the quantity. It was all, you know, another, another piece of advice was cut down your quantities. So, which is the same thing as eat less and right. get, some, get some exercise and, uh, watch your salt intake and watch your salt intake. That was what they always, what he always harped on. And that was uh, the extent of the advice. Uh, Nothing else was ever visited. No, no other, no other options of saying, well, you know, uh, the possibility of eliminating, uh, you know, going on a low carb. But I guess to be fair, I guess back then, if we're going back thirty years, that uh, you know, the low carb train was not even a subject that was spoken about back then at all. But within the recent years, even uh, which it has started to be obviously a known uh, 
known method. It was never mentioned or it was never suggested. Interesting. And, you know, we are going to get to uh, your health improvements here before long, but I also, I understand that high blood pressure isn't the only, um, the only condition that you were dealing with. Um, what other conditions did you start to deal with over time? Over time, uh, I can't really put a time frame on it, but uh, for quite a long time, uh, of course, there was the GERD, the acid reflux. Um, that was a, definitely uh, an issue as well. You know, we'd go through certain times which it wasn't as bad, but then there'd be certain times of periods that it would really act up really bad. Uh, I'd be taking anti-acid uh, uh, anti-acid uh, medication. And, uh, some days it would be so bad to the point where uh, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and the uh, t-shirt was soaked, you know, and so I guess the body was screaming and yelling out that uh, something's not right. And, uh, oh, wow. Really, really, uh, really bad. Yeah. So uh, what does that feel like to, um, to have acid reflux? What are some of the symptoms of uh, reflux well it's there's two variations i guess and during the day it's like you during the day it's pretty much you feel like you're regurgitating and you got this burning sensation in the throat and uh, you seem to have a hard time digesting uh, just about any meal you have you're always uh having problems digesting and uh, but in my case i can tell you that the the and I, I think it is quite common with most people, I guess, when you lie down, so when you're sleeping at night, it tends to act up a lot more, and the acid seems to, to rise up a little bit you know, more easily because you're, you're, you're in a flat position. If you want to, they tell you that if you want to relieve it, you know, put up pillows up and keep your head up so that you won't be in the flat position to relieve yourself. But, I mean, that's not, again, that's just putting a Band-Aid. That's not finding the solution to having your reflux, right? So, yeah, at night... Uh, you know, it would, that's what it would act up probably when I was lying down. And uh, so you can start sleeping with your head up, but then you lie down flat and the reflux uh, sure enough starts. And, uh, um, you know, the, you're just, you know, it's, it's coming up, it's burning the esophagus and uh, you're starting to sweat. And uh, it's not a desirable uh, feeling uh, to, to go through. No, it doesn't sound uh, too restful uh, laying there at night to uh, to be dealing with with reflux. Um, and it sounds like I know you said you don't have an exact time frame, but is it fair to say you dealt with that for for many years? Oh, for sure. Uh, I could say I, I I dealt with that for a good ten years. For a good ten years, yeah, yeah, a good ten years of. Uh, Especially the the latter years, let's say from I was ten, maybe fifteen. Uh, let's say from forty on, from forty on, it was like really, really uh, a lot worse than let's say when it was probably milder in my mid thirties or late thirties. Forty and moving forward, it probably got progressively progressively got 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 worse. Okay, okay, and. Um, and then came along, I guess, when I was 50, that's when uh, uh, the sleep apnea, I was uh, uh, diagnosed with sleep apnea. 
and uh, I, I I'm just feeling tired and throughout the day, and I couldn't get by the day. So it was it would be like one in the afternoon, and uh, uh, I, I one two in the afternoon, I'd feel exhausted. I just couldn't pull through the day anymore, and uh, uh, I'd get through it, but it was it, it was a, it was a struggle. It was a challenge. So. Uh, I went to have it checked out and I said, mate, somebody mentioned that you might have very well might have sleep apnea. So, uh, I went and, uh, I had a sleep uh, study done and, uh, sure enough, I, I was diagnosed to have, uh, not only was it sleep apnea, it was a severe case of sleep apnea. So, um, I believe the number was, I was stopping to breathe. Um, about every 15 seconds or so I was stopping to breathe and, uh, uh, you know, sometimes longer than others, you know, sometimes it would be only a five second stop and then, but you know, up to possibly a 30 second stop, a 40 second stop. And, uh, but it was quite severe. So they immediately, uh, I had to go on a, uh, on a CPAP machine. And, uh, this is how they, you know, for sure it helped. It got me under control, but again, I mean, it's not fixing the issue. It's just, you know, helping you get by and deal with the condition that you have. Okay. Okay. And, um, I'm, I assume I know the answer to this, but didn't, did anyone indicate that there was, um, a way to address the underlying sleep apnea versus, uh, just kind of the kind of band-aid treatment of the CPAP machine. Well, they definitely, I mean, they said it's, they said it, it's not, it doesn't mean to say that somebody who is not overweight cannot have sleep apnea. Uh, however, the, from what the, the pulmonary doctor told me that in, in, in most cases, uh, it is quite often the case that it's weight related. And so that definitely, if I was to, you know, uh, you know, the weight that I'm at, the, the, that definitely does not, uh, help the situation. So, uh, he said, probably, you know, if you can work on your weight, uh, hopefully you can see some, some benefits. And, um, he said, does it mean a hundred percent? Well, some people are perfectly not a normal weight and they still do have sleep apnea because of their windpipe, um, you know, structure. And, uh, however, uh, in my case, it, it definitely was a, a weight, uh, a weight issue. Okay. Interesting. Um, and you had tried, um, a number of different diets over the years, as you mentioned earlier to address the, the weight concerns. Um, so at some point, you know, you said at age 50 about, you were um, diagnosed with severe sleep apnea. At this point, you also have acid reflux. You've had high blood pressure for decades. Right. Um, but then something changed um, at age 55. So um, what did you change at that point, and uh, what led you to that? Well, uh, again, I had uh, I had uh, gotten up to the to the once again to the 290 the high 290 mark and uh, again that's always been my that's when the alarm seems to set and wakes me up to do something about it it's pretty 
uh, pretty sad that I always waited that long, but that's, you know, uh, I'm saying it the way it is. That's the way it was. And um, so I said, okay, it's time to do something again about this. And uh, however, this time I, 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 you know, I did not go the ketogenic route immediately. I must say I, I didn't even truth be told, I, I didn't know about it, but I did know that, I mean, you had started to hear the low carb, right? So if you cut out pasta, rice, potatoes, um, uh, rice, uh, you know, definitely is a start. Starchy foods. Yeah. Starchy foods. So it was a start, right? So, so, yeah. so I started, I started doing that and, uh, um, within, within two months, three months or so, I probably had lot. Not probably. I know exactly. I had gone down to 280 pounds because uh, okay. I, I know that's my marker. That's my starting point of uh, switching over to the keto. Um, so uh, the way I embarked on that was my my son actually uh, mentioned it to me. He goes, Dad, have you ever looked into the to the keto keto diet? And I'm, I I was totally. Uh, I did not know what it was. It was, uh, I said, no, it was, well, why don't you read up on it? You're already halfway there. Uh, you're not eating the, you know, the bread, the rice, the potatoes, the pasta. It was just look it up and uh, you figure it out. Uh, so I looked it up and, uh, started doing some research, started doing some reading and, uh, just made a, a lot of sense. I didn't know much about it, but I kept educating myself about it. And uh, that's how, that's how it all started. Um, uh, I must say the, 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 the key turning point was when I on Facebook came across the path of, uh, Dr. Joe, uh, Kalajan, uh, and, uh, I was seeing the things he was doing and these, all his posts of what he's eating. And here you have a, a medical doctor who has lost 150 pounds and, He's, uh, you know, uh, giving all kinds of advice. And uh, so I started following him and just about learning probably uh, on a daily basis from him. He, he puts out so much content there that uh, uh, it's unbelievable the, the, the amount of help he gives to people. And uh, I'm truly grateful to that. And uh, that's how my journey pretty much started. Okay, very cool. And I know... Um I know it had to be a good feeling for you that uh, the person, the doctor that you got so much advice from actually hosted you on his own podcast later. Um, the Low Carb MD podcast had you on as a guest and Dr. Tro is the host. So I'm sure that had to be a, a good feeling. Oh, sure. That was, that, that, that was a, that was a good feeling. It was a great feeling. And, it's all about community and it's, it's all, it's all about uh, how, uh, how we all help each other and how we motivate each other. And, um, I, I can't say enough about it, you know, with a low carb MD, you know, there's Dr. Patrol and there's Dr. Brian Lenskis. Uh, you know, they, they really, really, uh, open up their arms and kind of, you know, like made me feel like family, right. Uh, you just feel like yeah. it's your doctor away from home. And, right. uh, so, uh, yeah, definitely. It's that, that feeling of belonging and it, it, it's motivating when you see people, you know, when you see people who are, uh, who care so much and, uh, there's so many other doctors that can go mention that I probably would like to 
give a shout out to later on that that also have really influenced me throughout. Um, uh, it's 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 it, it's really somebody I, I highly recommend people to get involved in, you know, listening to the podcasts and getting involved into the uh, Twitter community for those who have not. If there's any listeners that are not involved, you know, it's 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 one big family and everybody's there to help each other and uh, uh, you know help progress and everybody at their own level. Everybody brings an expertise to the table. You know, it's like I'm not a doctor by any means. Uh, don't ask me for medical advice. Uh, that's not what I do. Uh, so, uh, but I can, you know, surely talk about my experiences. And uh, so, uh, it's an ex, a big boy that knows how to uh, lose weight. Who find, finally learned how to lose weight. Knows yeah. why he knows why he was failing, and yeah. knows why he's been able to sustain it for a year and a half now. Well, I'm I'm curious um, with all of that. Um, you know, you said you are an ex, you know, ex big boy now. Um, so, you you started reading up on uh, the ketogenic diet, and you started uh, following Dr. Tro and some other doctors online. Um, what was the the time frame like from when you started? Um, started low carb to then went even lower carb into kind of a ketogenic diet. Um, as you did that, how, what was the timeline like for seeing improvements in uh, things like your blood pressure and your acid reflux and your sleep apnea? Um, time frame is like I, uh, I can tell you when I started low carb, I was in the high 290s. That was in let's take the start-off point in January of uh, 2018. Uh, with, like I said, within a couple of months, two months, three months, three months, I would say I've lost about 15 pounds just on low-carb. Uh, when I say low-carb, basically, you know, bread, rice, pasta, potatoes, and everything else was uh, still I was having everything else. Even So I still lost 15 pounds that way. So then I embarked and found out, started following Dr. Tro and at 280 pounds, uh, started the, the kicking in the keto. Um, so I would say within two months of starting the keto diet, uh, going full pin keto is when the blood pressure, uh, started to, to drop. Uh, I remember very clearly I was sitting in my backyard and I just felt a little bit dizzy, lightheaded. And, um, I, throughout the years, I know I've always didn't check my blood pressure on a regular basis, but I had, when you're dealing it for 30 years, you know, when you're not feeling right. right. So, um, I took out the monitor and I checked myself and sure enough, it had gone down to, uh, I was like at the, Probably in the in the low nineties, over over sixty in the low sixties. Oh, wow. So I immediately the day after called my uh, family doctor and told him the situation. And uh, all he said, throw out those uh, your blood pressure medication and let's let me re-prescribe you half the dosage. And so he gave me half the dosage, and uh, I can say. That was I was good to go for about another two months, I guess. So now we're putting at a total of 
three months plus two months plus another two months. So about, you know, six to seven months, I guess. Uh, again, I was in the same situation. And that's when my family doctor said, well, let's stop the blood pressure pills completely. And uh, let's see what happens. And uh, sure enough, I haven't looked back since. Uh, blood pressure has been stable. So we can call it, it was about a six to seven month uh, time frame. Um, uh, for completely getting off my blood pressure medication. As far as the, the sleep apnea was concerned, uh, I remember very clearly it was in August of 2018 of when I uh, stopped using the, having to use the CPAP machine. So eight months, eight months to get to, to be a CPAP machine free. Uh, and the acid reflux, uh, I don't quite remember a time frame on it, but that was pretty quick as well. As soon as I stopped eating the, you know, uh, cleaned up the diet and stayed on the low carb, high fat, uh, the reflux uh, seemed pretty, went away pretty quick. Wow, that's um, that's fantastic. That had to feel very freeing, um, especially getting off the the CPAP machine. Uh, what was that like? Oh, listen, uh, there's, uh, there's no better feeling of going on a vacation and not having to <laughs> lug a CPAP machine through border security with you and having to pull out the machine and uh, worrying about if you're going to a foreign country, not ha having to worry, am I going to find distilled water and having to carry distilled water in your luggages and, uh, and just the freedom overall of, I mean, listen, I, you get used to it after a certain while. It's tough to, to adjust at the beginning, then you do get used to it. But then when you get your freedom from it, it's like you say, wow, you know, this is like, it's awesome to be, uh, to be off it. And Did also at the same time, sorry, uh, oh, also no, at the same time, uh, being off the medication, being off the high blood pressure pills and not worrying about, oh, you know, when you're traveling, make sure I have my hug my high blood pressure pills with me just in case my luggage gets lost and uh, you know so what do i do so it's a it's a great feeling not after worrying about you know be it the cpap machine or not having to worry about carrying around your your medication with you i mean you got to do what you got to do when you're on it i understand some people uh have to you know it's not to downplay anybody that has to keep using their medication but uh, it's the reality of the, the freedom that 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 i was gifted with by uh, losing all that weight that's fantastic. And did you notice a change in energy levels? I know you mentioned earlier that a lot of times at one or two in the afternoon, you just really feel tired. I'm, I'm wondering, did the, um, the elimination of uh, your sleep apnea help improve your sleep and your energy levels? Oh, there's no question. You, you definitely feel an, uh, an increase. In, in your energy um, okay it's fair in all fairness when i mean when, when i initially was out of energy at one or two in the afternoon when i did go on the sleep apnea machine that was solved okay so when i when i was using the machine however so now you say you sort of sort of think to yourself what happens when i stop the machine am i going to go back to square one or am i going to be okay with my energy and uh no, there's actually no lack of energy. I, I have more energy than ever. Uh, I can honestly say I'm going to be 58 in September. I probably didn't have this much energy when I was 38. 
So, uh, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. That's, uh, yeah, that's a really terrific transformation. Um, what what did your weight do uh, during this time? I know you said in the, the first couple of months, even before ketogenic, you dropped from um, kind of the upper, you know, from around 295 down to about 280. Um, what happened with your weight over over the next several months? Uh, it was a it was a pretty steady steady drop. Uh, I'd probably say at, at at the beginning it was uh, obviously uh, there was more weight to, you know to be had to to, to be to, to lose, so it was dropping more rapidly. Uh, but I, I mean, I can say you know like some weeks I'd lose three pounds some weeks i'd lose five pounds then i'd go for two weeks without losing anything uh, so people should not uh, expect to always have necessarily a continuous five pound loss every week or uh, sometimes it makes me uh not laugh but i you know sometimes you see these claims on instagram and people losing 40 pounds in in two, three weeks and Hey, uh, who am I to judge? Maybe it did happen, but it's not something that happens on a regular basis. So if I spread out my total weight loss, uh, to where I got to my goal, it, it, it averaged out to, to, to two pounds a week on the overall. Now, was it necessarily two pounds a week? No, there was, you know, stalls at certain times. There was more weight loss one week, more less another, but the overall, if you throughout the journey, it, it did average out to two pounds a week. Okay, and what weight did you get down to then? I got down to one hundred and eighty pounds. Wow! And, uh, as we speak today, uh, I've been in maintenance for a year and a half now, uh, and I've I'm I'm there. I, I fluctuate anywhere between one hundred and eighty to one hundred and eighty-five. Uh, okay. That's probably my my window. Uh, when it passes the 185, now instead of being my alarm being at 290, my alarm is past 185. When I see it going past <laughs> 185, I, I'll kind of come back on the cheese and the nuts and uh, start behaving <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, that uh, sings right into. Um, something I wanted to ask about, you know, you mentioned the ketogenic diet, but um, I know there are a lot of different ways you can eat a ketogenic diet. I'm curious, what is, what is your diet like? What types of foods have you um, had the most success with in your journey of healing from these health conditions? Uh, I can honestly tell you that as we speak right now, I'm uh, pretty much on a uh, whole food uh, journey right now as we speak. Uh, so I'm more, you know, it's either, you know, meat, fish, eggs, uh, chicken, and veggies pretty much the, throughout the whole week. Uh, on the weekend, I'll, there's more time to, uh, to spend in the kitchen. I'll you know, treat myself to, let's say, more of a, it'll always be keto-friendly. I will not get out of the, 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 the window of being keto-friendly. But uh, for those of the, the people that do know me, I, uh, 
I do like to uh, come up with recipes and uh, in keto alternative cooking. Uh, having said that, at the beginning of my uh, my journey, uh, I did. You know, my 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 favorite food was pre this life, and probably what got me to two hundred and ninety pounds was I'm a big pizza fan, right? <laughs> so, uh, uh, and I and I must say that at the beginning of my journey, I had still had my fair share of on on a regular basis ketogenic uh, prepared, you know, as we all know the the famous fathead pizza, right? And um, I, I don't advocate. You know, having fathead pizza for it to be your a regular staple, uh, to be having that every day. But you know what? When you when you are craving it, and especially at the beginning when you're just getting off the, your foot and you're saying, "Okay, am I gonna?" It's a hell of a lot better having a fathead pizza than falling back on going to the traditional pizza. And uh, so uh, I did at the beginning of the journey jur- uh, journey have a lot more often. I did have more keto friendly variations uh but truth be told if that wasn't available i don't know if i could have if i would have continued and had the success i had and you know being able to make the keto breads with almond flour and and all that stuff there and which now as we speak today i i rarely look for okay uh you just grow out of it that was a crutch at the beginning that helped me get by it it served its purpose uh i'm not gonna lie here i'll say I, i do you know you know during the holidays, during birthdays, during a celebration, uh, or even sometimes just for no reason. I feel like having something, I will. But at 90% of the time, I'm eating, uh, I'm either eating uh, whole foods, uh, fish, chicken, uh, lots of eggs, um, uh, avocados, uh, cheese, nuts. Uh, I, I generally keep it pretty clean. Okay. And uh, for the fathead pizza, for anyone unfamiliar, can you describe what uh, what the difference is between like regular pizza and fathead pizza? Well, the fathead pizza is made up of uh, your crust. Instead of being made out of dough, it's, uh, it's made with, uh, it's a base of uh, almond flour, uh, mozzarella cheese. Uh, there's many different variations of it. Uh, some of them also add cream cheese into it. So it's a pretty, pretty calorie dense uh, uh, crust. But then on top of that, you're still adding your, your cheese on top of that for your cheese topping and your, your pizza toppings. Now, having said that, it's, it's so dense that it's, I could speak for myself that I used to be able to, when it was a dough crust pizza, I can probably wipe out a large pizza on my own but when you're having a fathead crust pizza it's so dense and it's so filling pretty hard to have more than two slices and it's your 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 satiety level is you attain it so fast as they say how okay i used to get a whole pie but now i just had two slices and i'm and i'm full okay so it's it's a pretty dense uh form it's a lot denser than your traditional pizza and uh, when you're you eat that, you're you're full for quite a quite many hours. Okay, um, it sounds like in your your experience, you you started out where uh, you had some of your favorite like starchy foods that you were trying to find replacements for, and you were able to 
find um, replacements that had fewer carbohydrates in them. And so they were still low carb friendly or keto friendly. Um, But then over time, you've transitioned away from those a little bit where you just you don't have quite the same desire for um, some of those uh, replacement or alternative foods. So like the almond flour, you might not crave those quite as much as uh, what you used to. Is that, am I reading that correctly? Absolutely. Absolutely. As time went on, uh, your urge, uh, your urge uh, really, once you're, you know, fat adapted for quite some time, that, that, those urges really, uh, they're, they're a lot less, a lot less often. And if you give an example, I used to make, you know, again, I was a big bread eater, right? So I needed to have my bread. And so I would make bread and I'd make, I'd be making it on a weekly basis. And as we speak today, I, I can honestly tell you, I haven't, I haven't made bread for the past three months. And prior to that, uh, I'd make maybe six buns throw it in the freezer because, uh, you know, there's no preservatives in it, so it ain't going to last outside. So, <laughs> And I, it would take me a couple of months to get through the six, six, six buns. So whereas before, you'd be making a batch every week. So as you move on and you just, you just don't, you just, your, your satiety level, if you're eating the right foods, uh, you just find that you don't need to be, you just, it's not that you don't need it. You just don't crave it anymore. You just don't, you just don't, don't need it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, um, it, that makes sense. It seems like, um, yeah, just over time, your, your tastes and your desires change and you're kind of, you're filling your body with what it, what it truly craved and you were really improving your health and, um, and that just kind of removed some of the cravings for maybe some of the, um, some of the other foods that might provide that temporary, um, you know, good taste, but, uh, you know, maybe not uh, quite as satiety inducing. Yeah. And it's also what it comes down also is it's, you, you don't, especially at the beginning when you're starting and some people can have, can, you know, not everybody's the same. And some people say, you know what, I'm going head on. I'm, I'm not going to have any alternative, um, uh, alternative keto food. Uh, and that's great. And that's what I do suggest. And that's what I say. Okay. It's better. You, the, 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 the less that you think about constantly finding an alternative is the, you're going to get on your feet a lot quicker. Don't make it a staple, make it just an insurance policy that you need to fall back on. So, uh, just when you're craving it and you're saying, oh my God, it's like, I got to have a pizza or I got to have a cookie or I got to have something sweet. Um, I would rather somebody have the option of having a keto friendly cookie than to go out and buy a Mars bar or uh, whatever you want to call it. So, and keep them on the wagon. Um, so it's nice to have that, that, that security to say that if I do want to have it, well, I, you, that deprivation is, is is taken care of, and the person gets the 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 is uh, is motivated to go on and say, you know what, I, I'm not dep- I'm not deprived. When I do want to have my pizza, I can have it. Is it ever going to taste a hundred percent like a real a whole white flour pizza? No, but 
you know what? It comes, uh, excuse my language, damn close. It's, it's, it's satisfying. <laughs> and if it satisfies me, a lifelong pizza addict, it should satisfy most people. <laughs> well, I'm curious about something. Um, you know, are you, do you still see the same family doctor? Uh, unfortunately, my family doctor passed away a couple of months ago. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, it's, and you know, it's, listen, he was my family doctor for 30 years and he, uh, God bless him. He passed away. Uh, it's, and it's pretty hard to find a new, uh, family doctor in our system here in, in, in Canada. Once you, when you don't have a doctor, it's pretty hard to find another one. And anyways, long story short, I still have not gotten another uh, I have not gone to see. I finally found one. Um, I had an appointment for a couple of weeks ago, but due to this uh, uh, yeah. present COVID uh, situation, uh, you know, any appointments that were non-urgent were canceled. So that's okay. That's all right. I mean, thankfully, I got no urgency to to see a doctor. Uh, I did have a blood. I did have blood tests uh, six months ago through. Uh, uh, through a medical clinic just to make, you know, it had been a year. So just check the bloods as well. And, uh, everything spot on bloods were all good. Uh, no, no issues were, uh, we're good. So, uh, that's it. It's it. And it's, it's, it's tough. The biggest challenge is finding a doctor that is on the same page that is going to be on the same page as a low carb diet and not try to talk you out of it. Right. That's the biggest challenge we face today. Right. Right. And, um, you know, the reason I had asked earlier or that I was going to ask about um, your doctor was I was just curious, um, you know, what what his reaction was when you were able to get off 30 years of blood pressure medication and get off your CPAP machine. Well, uh, I'm, I, 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 uh, I do remember very clearly um, he was happy for me. He didn't discourage, uh, he didn't discourage the keto diet. On the other hand, he didn't endorse it either. Okay. okay. Uh, he basically said, uh, I don't know much about this low carb stuff. Uh, all I know is it seems that it's working for you. So but it's working for you. Your bloods tell me that you're good. So continue doing it and uh he goes uh he says i i won't forget he says as far as i'm concerned i still think it's a fat diet but <laughs> <so> <laughs> i said uh, i said okay doc i said listen uh, as long as my my bloods say that it's not a fat diet and i'm healthy and it's all good and you have no uh objections of me uh not doing it it's we're all good to go so but that was the last I, uh, I, I visited him. But, uh, regardless, even if he didn't endorse it, I had no intentions of, of changing it. I mean, uh, if he was going to uh, uh, try to tell me to stop doing it, and I mean, there's just no logic. I mean, if you know, on top of it, my blood say that it's all good. Why, why would you have any reason to, to stop? I mean, and uh, unless he was going to address and pick, pinpoint the LDL being slightly high, which in my case, it wasn't at that time. I don't know. Maybe he would have said, well, 
your LDL is high and which still wouldn't have, from what I've learned now, it would not alarm me if my LDL was high as long as my uh, uh, A1C was uh, rock bottom low. So uh, uh, he couldn't have talked me out of it either way. I would have moved on to another doctor if, if he was that set against it. Uh, well, that's, yeah, that's interesting. And uh, yeah, I think it, it makes sense to look at the full the full picture as opposed to a single lab value. Right. There's, you know, it seems like everything was improving for you. Your body composition was improving. Your energy levels were improving. Your blood pressure was improving. Your sleep apnea went away. Um, all of these things. Um, those, you know, those things are going to be, you know, I think those should be considered more heavily than any individual uh, lab value. And it's, yeah, it's wonderful that you've been able to have such an improvement. Um, I'm curious, you know, we just heard how your doctor reacted. How did um, your family and your friends react to some of the uh, changes that they saw in you? Well, my family, uh, I can say at the beginning, it was only normal. Uh, there was a little bit of, I want to, I must say there was never any pushback, uh, but they just couldn't quite understand. And they were still, especially my mom, uh, you know, she's been hearing all her life that, you know, uh, eating Eating too many eggs causes cholesterol and eating, you know, eating too much fat is no good for you. And so you really can't blame them. It's what they've been hearing all their lives. It's kind of hard to, to change their, their, their mindset. Um, but she said, listen, she, she as well saw that I was, you know, losing weight and, and, and it, it wasn't long before I convinced her to obviously not to go keto, but to, cut down on the carbs and, and improve. And I got the whole family pretty much on board of at least trying to get better, not necessarily, uh, you know, uh, being on a keto diet. Uh, the kids, well, sure, the, the younger ones are more open to these suggestions. And uh, again, uh, they're not going to be 100% keto, but they, you know, they absolutely have no issues with having a, a keto alternative meal or, you know, it's not something that I'd have to cook myself one meal and then uh, the kids another meal. Uh, my wife was fully supportive. She actually, probably halfway into the journey, decided to uh, come on board as well, full keto. And uh, she's been fully supportive. And up till today, uh, we're, we're, we, eat, we eat exactly the same meals. Uh, she herself... Uh, uh, lost 35 pounds. Uh, so the uh, side of family, like I said, it, it takes a little bit of, 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 of convincing to do that this way is the way to eat. Uh, can they improve? I always say it's better to improve. If I can get them to cut their carbs down to half, it's already a win-win. I uh, can't expect everybody to go full pin, especially not at the, 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 the older ages. Friends, there's a there's a mix. There's a mixed bag with the friends. Uh, a lot of them, I was able to actually uh, 
convinced to go down the same path. Uh, I coached quite a few of them. Uh, I helped them on their journeys. I actually helped two friends uh, lose 100 pounds each as well. Uh, uh, other friends, you know, 20 pounds, 25 pounds. Uh, some, the truth be told, some started, fell off the wagon, couldn't keep it up. As you know, it can't always be a, a victory. Um, but at least they also are, they, they improve. And then you have some friends that um, they just don't want to know nothing about it, right? But uh, uh, I guess you can't save the world. You just keep repeating it enough times. And uh, hopefully they're going to reach out when they're ready. And every once in a while, I'll plant a seed and say, well, I think it's maybe time to start, you know, uh, making a change and, but you know, you can't be, uh, you can't push them over the edge. And, uh, the person has to be ready to want to make the change. You could always try to motivate them in, in a nice empathetic way. But if the person is not ready to make the change, uh, it's not going to work. Yeah, that makes sense. It, you can't, you can't change others for you, but it sounds like you are there to help others. And, um, you are actually a keto coach now, is that correct? Correct, correct. So what does uh, that entail? Well, uh, this, you know, this is, I, I do this out of, uh, it's, all, it's not my living, okay? It's, I do this out of my passion. I want to help people uh, the best I can. Uh, when somebody wants, you know, there's some people I, 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 I just helped. I mean, anybody can call me at any time and ask me a question here and there, and I'll gladly help and I'll gladly answer and they can find their way. And then there's others that reach out and say, you know what? I, I really need the full, full support, right? I need somebody to be accountable to and somebody to, to monitor and check what I'm doing, if I'm doing it right. And, you know, put things into, you know, teach them the true, uh, the path the way that 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 we know it i mean let's face it i mean on the internet you know what there's so much good content but then there's a lot of bad content as well so if if people fall on the right path they're fortunate like myself i did i mean at the end of the day i fell on the right path and moved on the right path but then there's some people that you know they can possibly end up on on uh, on whatever youtube recipe you know uh, claiming to be keto but it's far from keto and or people who think that you know uh, I, it, it it hurts me when i see people walking out of costco and their whole shopping cart is full of you know keto this and keto that and they believe that's what their understanding of keto is if there's a keto label on it that uh, that's what they're eating and you know that's not the right way to be doing it again those should fall under the category of eat in case of emergency don't make it your regular diet right so um yeah I'll, I'll coach them i'll put them on a typically on a two-month program i'll beat them uh, face to face um every second week uh we'll do a one-hour session uh, face to face um and meanwhile i tell them they can text me message me at any time and i answer all their questions if they're going to buy something in the store they're not sure about the ingredients if they're clean or not just tell them take a shot of the ingredients send me the picture and i'll tell you if it's good to go and that i'll teach you and tell you why this was good or it wasn't good so okay. uh, 
basically educating them in uh, finding the right path. And usually within a two-month period, most, most people are ready to fly on their own with a little bit of supervision, and uh, they're on their way. Well, that's great that you've uh, taken your own success, and now you're helping others uh, try to find success themselves. But going back to your story, um, I like to ask this because um, you know the title of this podcast is You Cured What? But I know the word cure means different things to different people. So um, in your case, with high, uh, hypertension and um, acid reflux and sleep apnea, do you consider yourself cured of those conditions? Oh, absolutely. I have, uh, I have a totally normal blood pressure. Uh, my blood pressure, I mean, listen, I don't monitor it on a regular basis, but I'm generally, you know what, uh, I'm in the high, high 118, 117, 118 over uh, most of the time. I'm at uh, in, the eight, in the low 80s to the high 70s. So uh, perfect, perfectly normal blood pressure. Um, sleep apnea is gone. I, uh, I did another sleep study showing that I'm not having apneas. So uh, I'm off the CPAP machine. Um, acid reflux, I never wake up in a sweat. I never have problems digesting. I, um, I just don't have those issues anymore. Uh, Yes, I do consider myself cured of all these things. And one other thing I've noticed, and this seems to be a gray zone, and again, I'm not a doctor and I'm not professing this to, to say that it necessarily works for all people, but I, in my case, I can tell you that I, I had a severe case of eczema on my fingers. And progressively, that got better and better and better and better. Uh, and as today, my, my skin is totally clear. Uh, I used to have to put cortisone cream on my fingers because it acted up so much. Um, there seems to be some kind of relevance to the ketogenic diet and and, 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 and eczema. It, like I said, I'm not a doctor and I'm not going to sit here and say that <laughs> keto cures eczema. But uh, I, I can tell you that for A, B, or C reason, yes, I, I saw an improvement uh, on my eczema as well. Wow, that's phenomenal. Um, and you know, you just listed off a lot of really big improvements and, um, you know, we like to ask this every, every episode of this podcast, now that you've improved your health, what is one thing you enjoy doing that you couldn't do before? Um, what I can do is actually be a lot more active, uh, uh, that's what I, uh, that's what I really enjoy. Um, I can go out, I can, I can go for a bike ride. I can, I can go for a, a good paced walk without being out of breath in the first 10 meters. Um, last summer I was fortunate enough to go on, on a vacation in Greece. We went hiking on top of a mountain. And uh, when we got to the top of the mountain, uh, I actually got emotional. I said, you know what? The old me, there was no way that this was going to happen. There's no way I'd be able to hike to the top of that mountain. 
And um, so life is just so much better. You can move around, be active. Uh, uh, I remember to the point where I used to, I used to, like I said, go for a short walk at a, not a very high speed. And, you know, you know, you're, you, you just don't feel like continuing. You just feel tired and you feel exhausted. And I'm just like, say, okay, let's keep going. Let's keep moving. Let's do this. Let's do that. You just feel a lot more active and, you're just in a better overall mood. You're, it puts you in a happier state because uh, you say, look at me, you know, I'm doing all of these things that I couldn't do. And now I'm, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying life a lot more. That is fantastic. Um, I think that's a, a great note to, um, to move towards closing on. But before we do close, um, you mentioned Dr. Tro earlier as somebody you'd recommend. Do you have any other resources that you'd uh, recommend to somebody who's struggling with some of the same health conditions that you used to struggle with? Yeah, for sure. There's uh, several several resources. There's so many, so many good resources out there uh, within the community. And you know what? Uh, there's probably two quite a few to, to, to mention, forgive me for not mentioning everybody, but, uh, <laughs> sure. I, 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 but I can honestly say that, um, the low carb empty podcast, and I'm not saying this because I was invited to speak there. Uh, <laughs> it's truly, truly, I believe they're up to episode 99 now, uh, 99 episodes of, of invaluable information, uh, you know, you have stories of people like myself coming on that show, uh, talking about their journeys. You can learn about that. And at the same time, though, there's so many, you know, medical doctors, the real experts that are talking on, you know, different, different uh, topics. And there's just so much you can learn there. So, you know, uh, the Low Carb MD podcast, which is with Dr. Cho and Dr. Brian Lenskis, who's another mentor for me as well. And, you know, there's Dr. Jason Fung that's involved in that, and Megan Ramos is involved in that. So moving away from that, my the next one is I would highly suggest people is is getting themselves even at least look into it. If you're not going to get yourself a membership, look into Diet Doctor as well. Diet Doctor is an excellent resource. Uh, so much educational stuff on it, uh, recipes, cooking ideas videos, movies, a uh, lot of educational stuff, excellent resources. And then uh, others that, that, are, that are so great that I do follow. You have Dr. Robert Siwis on, uh, on YouTube. He puts out a lot of good content. Uh, Dr. Christian Assad, uh, he's another cardiologist. You know, he's, he's, he's also puts out so much good work. Dr. Nader, Dr. Ali Nader, another one. And... Uh, uh, and another one is, uh, how could I forget? Amy Berger, 2D Nutrition. Oh, uh, yeah. She puts out a lot of good content as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more, but, you know, these are really the, the key ones that I say that I, I really have learned so much from and have benefited, benefited from, uh, not to take away anything from others that I'm possibly forgetting. Sure. No, no, there are so many uh, people who are, uh, just really generously sharing information, sharing knowledge. They want want to help people, and they do a great job of it. 
So, um, yeah, those the names that you just uh, listed, I know, are very passionate about getting the word out. And I know you are, too. So for anyone listening to this who wants to find out more about you, get in touch with you, um, how can you be reached? They can, anybody who wants to reach out to me, uh, they can uh, reach out to me on my uh, webpage, which is uh, ketocoaching.ca or uh, just about any day of the week, you can find me uh, on Twitter at uh, Keto Coach Vic. Uh, the, my handle is at Keto Coach Vic. Uh, quite uh, active on uh, on Twitter, so those are probably the two best places to, uh, you know, you want to send me a DM on uh, Twitter. I'll I'll gladly get back to you. Okay, great, and I'll make sure to link to those um, those locations in the show notes. Um, Vic, I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing your story. I hope that uh, the listeners, you know, are inspired by this. And, um, you know, I think it's going to help a lot of people who might struggle with with similar issues, hypertension, uh, GERD, um, sleep apnea. These things afflict a lot of people. And, uh, you know, you've been able to find success for yourself and are uh, trying to help others with that. So thank you so much for coming on, Vic. I really appreciate it. Absolute pre- pleasure and uh, appreciate you uh, inviting me to, to come on. Uh, really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to You Cured What? Join us again soon for another Story of Healing. <laughs>